BradleyGriffin.us, BradleyGriffin.us. Uh, born in Michigan, some time in the military, grew up in Michigan, some time in the military, an unfortunate training accident, uh, got you out of the military and in business that's taking you all over the place, uh, Hawaii most notably, back here in Georgia now. now first of all, to flesh out that resume. Sure. So I actually grew up uh, in the countryside, just like a lot of this district. I grew up on a dirt road. I had eight brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, I played sports. I farmed. I, you know, did basically just normal things. Uh, I joined the military and actually became an airborne ranger wow. in the 75th Ranger Regiment. So was, you went through Fort Benning and all that. I was actually stationed with the HHC unit right there at Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, and that's actually where my passion for Georgia came from. I realized hey, this place looks a whole lot like Michigan, uh, and it's a whole lot warmer for most of the months <laughs> out of the year. So I, I basically traded in my Michigan card for my Georgia card. Um, you know, I have had a few pit stops along the way as far as, you know, you mentioned getting out to Honolulu. That's where I founded my digital marketing agency. I've since grown that to a national uh, platform and foundation. We service people in Los Angeles, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Georgia, uh, in Atlanta, but also most notably, and, and this was very important to me, and, and this is one of the things that I'm very passionate about. We actually established a location in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's not necessarily our most profitable location, um, but the reason that I established it is all because of jobs, providing opportunities for communities and giving back to where it came from. I probably shouldn't even go here because you're in here to talk about your campaign for Congress, but I'm, I'm just fascinated by this, and we'll spend just a couple of minutes on it. Internet marketing, basically, is what we're talking about here. The next wave of, of advertising, I mean, print for years, radio comes along, television, the conventional things, we're still kind of in Dodge City, we don't know what we're doing territory when it comes to internet marketing, even, I don't know, 20 years into the internet, people like you helping figure it out and, and chart the path that we're going to use moving forward. Where does that stand now? I mean, is that, it, you would say that it is, is that is that a place to be in advertising and marketing now? So, you know, what I really think is the most poignant uh, question to ask about the digital marketing space actually ties into, I think, what we're seeing across the country in the education space uh, as a whole. And what I mean by that is a lot of different business owners and business leaders that I meet with, they tell me about how challenging it is to find people to fill the roles in their organization as far as the talent pool, people not being prepared for those types of jobs. It's even harder in that space being that it's an ever-evolving space. And so for services like search engine optimization, for an example, mm -hmm. um, they're not necessarily training that or teaching that at any university or any college or anywhere across the country. And so what you're really looking for is individuals who have exposure to that, who understand how to do that and may not necessarily be classically trained with that. And so that's one of those things where your networking skills have to be tremendous. You have to have strong leadership and the ability to be able to find these folks for those roles. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think you're faced with a lot of the same challenges that you're facing, uh, you know, any different different vertical of the market. Bradley Griffin, candidate for Congress, uh, running in District 10, running as a Republican against Jody Heiss. Let, let, let's say against Jody Heiss. You, first, you got to get the nomination. Now, you, you want to face Jody Heiss. You want to knock Jody Heiss out of that seat. Let's pick through all of that for a moment. Uh, first of all, why run for Congress? Second of all, why are you a Republican? So first and foremost, let's set passion and commitment to country to the side because I think you have to be passionate and I think you have to love America to be able to do this. Um, but one of the reasons why I'm running is because I feel like the representative who's currently in office, you mentioned preaching Jody Heiss, um, he actually has a lot of different um, fundamental issues 
and I don't think that he's qualified for the position. Let me give you three examples. So first and foremost, I think that he lacks leadership. One of the reasons why is because he's been in Congress for four years. He's passed zero meaningful bills of legislation, uh, and he's always cheerleading other wins. You know, you, you often hear him, you know, praising President Trump, and rightfully so. President Trump has been fantastic for America in his first year in office. Um, but, you know, preaching Jody Heiss likes to ride those coattails like it's something that he had something to do with. Let's be honest. I mean, in 2014, Jody ran... Um, on you know different promises like repealing Obamacare, he failed. In 2016, you know it worked for him once, so why not run on repealing Obamacare again? Again, he failed. We're now here in 2018, and you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I guess he's running on repealing Obamacare for a third time. I think we're starting to establish a trend. Um, the second reason is you know to be completely honest, he's underqualified. He likes to trumpet the fact that he sits on the House Armed Services Committee. He Which is just, a new appointment, by the way, within the last few weeks. Right. Just a couple of weeks ago, he was nominated for that, uh, for that committee. And, you know, to be completely honest with you, when I've sat down with veterans in the district and I tell them that, at first they're like, oh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. And then I say, but did you know he's actually served zero days in the military? He has absolutely no firsthand experience, and he's not a veteran at all. Their faces go pale. And they say, how is it that we're being represented or somebody who supports uh, support us hasn't served a single day? Well, the in, way in I would answer that question, and Jody Heiss can answer in his own way, the way I'd answer that question is we have a long and rich history in this country of civilian leadership of the military. Well, I think that's and because— By the way, that's referenced by our commander-in-chief, uh, commander our last uh, couple of commanders-in-chief. Sure, and I think that that's because that we have a lack of veterans that are actually running for you know office positions in the United States government. I think a lot of people, when they get out, they're dealing with different issues like you know post-traumatic stress. They're dealing with homelessness. They're dealing with different drugs, and they're dealing with other issues that they're having problems with. One of the issues, obviously, being the VA and its poorly run uh, situation currently. But let me get to my third point because I don't sure. want to waste too much time on this. Um, lastly, you know, he wastes a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money. Um, you know, it was just after the national title game this year between the Georgia Bulldogs and uh, the Crimson Tide. You know, and don't get me wrong, we're here in Athens. You know, I've got friends and family uh, here that are, you know, they bleed black and red. And, and so I love me some Georgia Bulldogs. But, you know, he took up to the House floor and he spoke for about 20 minutes recapping the, the season that the, the Georgia Bulldogs had, the, the football season. And I guess my question is, is there nothing pressing happening in Congress that needs to be dealt with? Are we paying Jody Heiss $174,000 a year uh, to recap something you can catch on you know, Fox Sports <laughs> News or on ESPN? I'm not necessarily sure that that's the best use of his time, and I'm not necessarily sure that he needs to be using that platform to waste other folks' time. We've got a lot of other pressing issues, and that's not one of the times or places to be doing it. One of the things you said, uh, we were talking a moment ago, uh, one of the criticisms, if you will, this guy Heiss hasn't introduced or hasn't passed, had any bills passed, uh, introduced and pass a bill for me. What, what do you want to have? If, if you're writing a bill right this moment, presenting it to Congress, what would it be? You know, I think that I'm going to go along the same lines. Uh, a, a lot of times when you ask Republicans in Congress about health care, for example, they'll give you the lock stock uh, answer of, we need to repeal Obamacare. Well, that's a no-brainer. You know, let, let's get substantive about that. And I was actually really excited to hear President Trump mention prescription drug costs. I've actually been championing that for the last couple of months. I was here in Athens, and I actually met 
a seven-year-old woman, and she was telling me about her and her husband. They're retired. They're on a fixed income, and they're on Medicare, and her husband has diabetes. She has her own health care issue. But these folks are having to come out of pocket six to $7,000 a year because they don't have any generic drugs, and they're having to buy these name-brand prescriptions. Now, that's terrible. What Is are they there a congressional fix for that? I think that we need to look at that. I mean, for example, if, if you look, I think it was about eight months back, there was a, a plan that came through where we could import drugs from Canada uh, and use those prescription drugs for folks at a lower cost. Now, you tell me this. How is it that we can load those prescription drugs on some sort of transportation, whether it's a truck, a train, or an airplane, we can fly those up to Canada, unload them, then reload those same prescription drugs back on another form of transportation, <laughs> bring it back down to the United States, and it's still cheaper to buy those prescription drugs than it is if we just bought them right in our own backyard in the first place. So yeah, there's obviously flexibility there. There's obviously a lot of different costs that we can take a look at, and we need to do that for the American people. We must do it. I'm Bradley Griffin, candidate for Congress. Let's go ahead and put you in Congress, and, and the decisions they're going to have to make really this week, I mean, to avoid another, another government shutdown. First of all, got to figure out a way to fund the government for another six days or six weeks or six months or whatever timeline they settle on there and incumbent or in, incorporated in that will be we think some solution about daca the daca kids the border security the rest of it you just fix health care spend about two minutes and fix the border for us so when i actually listened to your interview with uh, chicken joe hunt uh you know he actually was opposed to the border wall and you know your, your painting of the picture was that he was sort of setting back in his seat because he said that price tag of $18 billion was just too much to swallow. Well, I've got news for Chicken Joe. $25 billion is the number that it's going to cost to keep those 1.8 DACA kids over the next three years. So if he has a problem with the $18 million, why is it that he doesn't have a problem with the $25 billion? My solution is very simple. The law is the law. I mean, if you take a look at what happened in Indianapolis, Georgia lost a son just a couple of days ago in a drunk driving accident. A linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts was killed by somebody who had been twice deported, was back in the United States, and was driving drunk. We don't need those types of things. Families are being ripped apart by people who are disobeying the laws. And to take that even a step further, I would like to see a proposal that goes after some of these different sanctuary cities that intentionally breaks the law, that does not follow the rule of law, and I'd like to see those places defunded. We need to stop chain migration. We need to stop all of this different stuff, and we need to get back to basics. We need to get back to following the laws that we have on the books. Now, what do you do, Bradley Griffin, with those kids? You mean the 1.8 million DACA kids, uh, the, that's the figure the president's talking about, uh, opening a path to citizenship for those children. Now, first of all, yes or no, you support the president on that. I do. So at the end of the day, if President Trump wants to trade DACA, for the wall, I support the president's agenda because at least we'll have a physical barrier on the southern border that will stop the drugs from coming in, that will stop the flood of immigrants, uh, illegal immigration coming in. So I can pallet that as long as we also put in place something over the next, say, five years, the next 10 years, next 15 years that prohibits these folks from being able to vote immediately. Because the whole reason for these folks to be flooding in uh, in my estimation, the reason to want to keep these folks is so you can turn red states well, blue and you can get votes. The way you prevent them from voting is prevent them from being citizens. Uh, being here lawfully is one thing. Being a citizen, as you well know, is something entirely different. Sure. Um, but what I think is the ultimate goal here is 
let's not take any half measures. Let's make sure that it's done and taken care of. But again, let's put some sort of, uh, you know, something in place to make sure that we're not just giving away the farm, you know, and furthermore, I would like to investigate something that goes maybe even a little step beyond. These folks say that they are comfortable here. They want to live here. All they've ever known is America. They're Americans. Prove it. Join the military. Show it to us. Be in the armed services. Dedicate your life to service to country. Show us you love it. Become an American that way. You know, I've always said this about that, and you're a military veteran yourself. I've always said this about that. I don't know what, in terms of getting your spot in line, if you will, in terms of getting on that so-called path to citizenship, I don't know how you want it. I'll leave it to you folks in Congress, assuming you get there, to work out these sorts of details. But I would, just as a, a, a moral matter, I would say that if you are willing to do exactly what you just said, serve in the military, pick up a gun and, and man a post, if you're willing to do that, we'll move you up a few slots. In that line on that path to citizenship. Well, exactly right. You know, listen, I've got friends that have come from places like Albania, places like Canada, different countries outside the United States that have immigrated in the legal way, that have done it the correct way. And it takes years uh, to go through that process. And it's a hard process. And so I have absolute respect for anybody that wants to come to the United States legally. For those folks who want to jump the line, as you said, uh, who want to basically do it their own way uh, and break immigration laws, listen, I don't have any sympathy for that because we've got people who are actually following the rules trying to get in. But you know, to, to mention some of this, you know, DACA stuff and, and talking about these 1.8 million, which I think the actual number is upwards of 3 million when you, start to add, that, yeah. Yeah, when you start to add people in. Um, you know, you say that you love it here. You know, you say that you want to be here. Prove it. You know, actions speak louder than words. And our military is always accepting job applications. Uh, Bradley Griffin, candidate for Congress. I mentioned his website, uh, BradleyGriffin.us. Uh, the, the issues page, the very first one, pro-life. Mm-hmm. Flesh that out for us. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Life begins at conception. Um, and, and that's another thing. And, and you know, I, I kind of want to backtrack for just a moment. You keep saying that. Uh, Chicken Joe is running as a Republican, and it's true. Joe Hunt. And, and, and named, you know, Chicken Joe Hunt has named himself a Republican. Anybody can, can call themselves anything they want to, apparently, in today's day and age. Um, but he's a Democrat. He, he's not a Republican. He supports amnesty. He supports uh, raising the minimum wage and all of these things. And as a matter of fact, he, he supports uh, Planned Parenthood. And so one of the fundamental issues is the right to life. Uh, and protecting life all the way through, you know, the, the term and, and delivering that child. And, and by supporting Planned uh, Parenthood, I think that you're supporting abortion. And I don't know that you can support somebody who, you know, again, goes against a fundable, uh, fundamental principle of conservatism. You mentioned that, that this DACA debate is, I don't know which component of the debate is being held hostage by the other, but we sit here on a Tuesday morning, I think it's midnight Thursday, the federal government again runs out of money. Now, mm -hmm. uh, inextricably linked are these two issues, immigration, DACA, and and continued funding of the government. Wouldn't it be a wise course of action? I don't want to ask a leading question here, but can we not separate these things and get back to a budget process? So the first thing that we have to do is we have to stop allowing these short-term resolutions of six weeks or, or however long it is to pass a budget. Let's pass a long-term solution. So then that way we're not having to have this, uh, you know, Groundhog Day conversation every, you know, few weeks of whether the government is or is not going to shut down. Secondly, you know, I got to be honest with you, as 
as a Republican that supports shrinking the size and scope of government, I'm not necessarily certain a shutdown is that bad in some <laughs> instances. I mean, we go ahead and we stop defunding all of the things that we as conservatives want to defund. And so more power to it. We can learn that we can live without it. And once we do that, maybe we realize we don't need those things anymore. But I guess to get to your point, which is to separate those different issues, listen, I'm not necessarily sure that Democrats want DACA to pass. I'm not necessarily sure that they actually want that as something that they can solve. Would rather have the issue than have the issue resolved? Exactly right. I think it's something that they want to club Republicans over the head with in the midterms. I don't think they want a resolution. I want to, uh, I want to believe that they do. But at the end of the day, I think they really just want a chance to point fingers and, and place blame uh, at the feet of somebody as long as they can champion a cause uh, you know, for somebody well, else. Quickly, about a minute, less than a minute left now, Bradley Griffin, candidate for Congress. If I didn't know anything else, I knew that Jody Heiss was a two-term incumbent. Uh, you're some guy that candidly, not a lot of name recognition at this point. I'd rather be him than you in this race. How are you going to make this happen? Well, I mentioned when we were off air that right now in my daily day, uh, day-to-day routine, I'm actually campaigning all day long, every day. For example, I'm meeting with mayors, elected officials, business owners, really anybody that I get an opportunity to meet with. I was just in Milledgeville meeting with one of the largest manufacturing CEOs there. Uh, I was also meeting with the mayor there. Uh, and you can see a lot of this on my Twitter, Griff. Uh, the letter or the number four Congress. It's at Griff for Congress. Um, but you can you see you, you know you can see photos of some of this different stuff taking place there. You can keep up with me there. Um, you can get real time um, you know real time information. And and to be honest with you, in a lot of senses, I feel like you know President Trump. Whereas I'm doing this stuff late into the night, two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning because I'm so passionate about it. My mind is constantly spinning. And so you'll get real-time thoughts from me um, through that platform and where I'll be. All right, Bradley Griffin again, BradleyGriffin.us, the website there, Georgia's 10th Congressional District candidate, uh, Bradley Griffin. Uh, driving in this morning, driving up this morning. Thanks so much for your time. Best of luck. I'm sure we'll talk again.